0: Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the eighty-three eleven cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Ariane Barry, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter, as we talk to you about college football, college basketball, the NFL, and of course, our signature segments: Mike Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions. Here on episode two hundred and one. <laughs> Since the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas announced their departure from the Big 12, four different Big 12 teams have played in the Big 12 championship game, none of them being Oklahoma or Texas. Those four, of course, would be the 2021 matchup of then number five, Oklahoma State, and number nine, Baylor, and then this year's matchup of number three, TCU, and number 13, K-State. I guess if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. Who knew that the Big 12 was the kitchen. I've never rooted harder for K-State than I did this
1: weekend. I was like, make sure Texas is not in this championship game.
2: Yeah, that was that was good to see. In in a weekend where I didn't really care what happened across Big 12 football, that was the only thing I really cared about. Everything else was just sort of meh. Everything else was just sort of meh. And, you know, what else was meant? The, I mean, the Cyclones' performance. To me, it didn't even look like the Cyclones wanted to I don't know about you. To me, it didn't look like the Cyclones wanted to be there.
3: Can you blame them at that point? Like, the game didn't really matter for anything for them, right? Um,
1: There's something to be said about playing spoiler. Also, you're here is. to play. Correct.
0: It's your yes. last game
1: for a lot of these guys. We're never going to see some of these guys again. You'd think they would put it all on the line, and everybody else would for them. Especially like Will McDonald. He did
3: get the sack record, though. He did. In this game, correct? So good on him. But I think as Mike, maybe Mike said during the game, this defense looked tired, right? This defense had been on the field way too much throughout the season. um, And they just looked like they couldn't couldn't stand up to that TCU offense this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's that much to uh, take from the game. We got dominated pretty much the entire game. TC is a good team. We're not a really good team this year. It is what it is. Not a fun game to watch.
2: It was not a fun game to watch, but I mean, but we were playing for things, right? Like, we if we win that game, we are going to a bowl game. There are seventy nine bowl eligible teams as of right now, um, and there are eighty two spots in bowl game. Do you know what that means? There are three five-win teams that are going to bowl games. Iowa State, with their academic progress, as we talked about last week, would have been one of them. Iowa State was going to a bowl game if they win this game. And I know it's a meaningless bowl game, and we can all talk about whether that matters, but that, that does matter, right? Like, that's worth something. How can you not get excited for that? Plus, you know, you're going to be all over Sports center having beat a top-five team. Like, I can understand losing that game. TCU's the better team. They're the much better team. It's not close. But Iowa State didn't even show up.
1: Yep, and if you're going to go out there, play, play to win. You're putting your body on the line. Why would you go out there and just, meh, just walk through the motions? Either show up or don't show up, literally. But don't come and give half effort because the season hasn't gone as you wanted to and it's not as successful as you expected in your head. I get it. But if you're going to be out there, then you got to put it all on the line.
2: I, I agree. I mean, I started taking detailed notes on this game and then very early it became apparent that it wasn't going to be close enough for that all to matter. So I'm not going to go through my first two and a half drives of detailed notes because that would just bore everybody and nobody cares. But it was disappointing to see with the bowl game on the line, this team just lay down and die on Saturday. It was it was not at all fun, but it is what it is. What, what can we say? It's over now. Season's not, over. Not a fun way to end the season. It was not. It was not. I mean, in the end, this has been the first time all year that the defense was disappointing. Would people agree with that?
1: Yeah, I, I guess I would agree with that. Most maybe of it was the really Baylor right game? at the beginning.
3: I would say, yeah, the only other game that would possibly be a maybe would be that Baylor game. Um, the offense didn't play... Horribly in that Baylor game, um the offense did put up a few points uh in that game, and the defense just kind of wasn't able to get the stops when they needed to. um and that was against a Baylor team that ended up being what six and six at the end of the season. Um, they were
2: not as good as people thought they were going to be
3: right, so i think I think that was one of the more disappointing uh performances by by the defense this season. Um, But other than that, yeah, it was mostly on the offense. right? The offense definitely didn't help its case uh, against TCU either. What was it, two interception returns for a touchdown in this game? Um, One by Hunter Deckers, uh, thrown by Hunter Deckers, and then one thrown by Rocco Becht when we uh, put him in at the end of the game. Um, So that obviously didn't help the offense's case either. So really, what, 14 of those points weren't scored against the defense? So it looked a little bit better than it was, but still not a really
0: great showing.
2: Yeah, Some of those also on the special teams with that long snapper deciding to snap it to the official. He's not on our team.
0: I don't think I've ever seen that happen before, but I'm glad that, that he was there.
2: I, so I was not watching that closely, right? And I, so I just looked up as it was happening, and I thought, like, the punt had bounced off the official, not the snap. I didn't realize until the day after that it was a snap that had gone off the official and not like the punt took a weird bounce off the official.
0: Very strange, but the, hitting, the, hitting the center judge like that probably saved us at least 10 yards of the ball rolling even further.
2: It did, yes. 100% agree. A disappointing end of the season. I, I don't have much more to say about this game. I don't know e- either of you have anything else you want to say about this game in particular?
3: Not really, no. Nope, I'll leave it behind.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll just move on from that. And we'll move on to our, our post-mortem for the season. We will get into um, our, what our preseason predictions were and how we all fared. But I want to give you guys a chance to just overall react to the season. I know we did a lot of this last week, um, so I don't know if we have more thoughts you want to share. But I want to give you all a chance to just react um, to what we saw last week. Or what we saw this last season, excuse me. Who wants to go first? I don't know if any of us want to go first. I can Uh, go.
1: Yeah, you go. Um, So coming into the season, I think we had all come to the consensus the defense is going to be good, the offense is going to be a struggle, but I feel like we all kind of expected it to be at the quarterback position. That's where we thought our weakest link was going to be. However, this whole season, I feel like... Everybody knows what war is, right? Wins above replacement in baseball. I feel like uh, Hunter Deckers was zero. Like he was exactly what what you would expect from a quarterback. He wasn't fantastic, but he really wasn't bad necessarily in most games either. I think he was exactly what the team around him was going to be. And our biggest issues was the running game once – I'm blanking on his name because he hasn't played in like three weeks. Our lead back to start the season, Jairod Brock. Yeah, once he got injured, like we were done for the season. We never really got it back. Kind of Cartavius Norton at the end of the season. But our offensive line and our run game were just nothing the entire season, which put everything on the shoulders of a kid who is starting in his first season, uh, who is okay. He, he, he might even be good, but he's not great. He's not good enough to carry an entire... Offense all by himself. And I think that was kind of the story of the season. And then you also have uh, our special teams, which that was its own little story. And if we don't get something, we need a special teams coach next year, I think, and probably a new offensive coordinator as well. I would love to see both of those changes made at least because we need to do something to address that. But I, that's my general um, vibe for the season. Defense, spectacular. One of the best defenses I've seen in quite a while. Uh, offense, pretty rough. Uh, you would expect that Xavier would have been enough to uh, bail us out, but it was not. And that was a bummer to see. Watch a lot of great, great performances by a unit wasted by us not being able to convert anything into points.
2: And I just want to piggyback off of, of, of what you said, where you thought the defense would be strong and the offense would be weaker. But to me, the, the defense was even better than I imagined it was going to be this year. And the offense was even worse. Like, I agree that that was going to be a strength and a weakness, but they were both more extreme than I thought they were going to be. I figured we were going to be able to run the ball more effective um, than we were. That, that to me is what the season comes down to. The passing game was pretty much what we expected it to be. I think Hunter Decker has turned the ball over more than um, we would have hoped. I mean that was that was tough. If we go back and look at it, I mean Hunter Decker's um, what threw fourteen interceptions on the year, twelfth most. Um, no, sorry, most is that most? Yeah, that is the most in uh, Division One football, tied for the most in Division One football with fourteen interceptions. I would be curious how many of those came in the second half
1: versus when the was, first half. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, once the defense is like, let's not worry about the run at all. I mean, he threw, I think he had the most passing attempts in the entire Big 12. So add that on to how many interceptions he has. He threw the ball more than literally anybody.
2: I mean, but he, he was 25th in the nation in yards, 44th in touchdowns, yeah. 72nd in completion percentage. Those, those are all average, right? The only, the only thing Hunter Decker's struggled in was turning the ball over this year. Otherwise, any of the struggles is on the play calling or the running game. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, as much as – it's easy to blame the quarterback, and and I can respect blaming the quarterback um, for sure. But, like I said, Hunter Deckers was – if Hunter Deckers plays like that but were able to run the ball, you know, 30% better, this is probably a six or seven win team. Not a top 25 team, but solid. I just want to give a shout-out to the defense who just kept playing outside of this last game. Um, impact transfers, Reeder, um, MJ Anderson, um, some of the seniors like Orion Vance and uh, Anthony Johnson who came back. Um, just a great season from the defense. Uh,
3: the defense played, played their tails off this year. Um, MJ Anderson was a really good talent on the other side of Will McDonald. I will say... Uh, two of my underwhelming performances of the year were Will McDonald, um, to which I made the case that, yeah, he saw a lot of double teams. Um, but for a guy who had historically been able to beat some of those in the past, I thought it was a little bit of an underwhelming season for him at his skill position. Uh, obviously a great talent and one of, obviously, the best, like, cyclones to ever put on the uniform in which I had already got like mentioned yeah he he's the all-time sack leader in Big 12 history now great accolades coming from him but it seemed like a little bit of a disappointing season from him uh on that along that defensive line uh for how, how good that defense was um the other other underwhelming uh position group the offensive line um i thought this was something going into the season uh, that would be pretty uh, sound uh, for the Cyclones with a lot of returners and a lot of experience along that that offensive line. And for a unit that never really dealt with too many injuries and too many different offensive line configurations throughout the season, uh, that's a lot of the, the stuff that you see in the NFL is when you have um, a lot of offensive lines that have a lot of different configurations and starting lineups throughout the season. They don't really gel well. Each position has its own different, you know, uh, aspects to it that they have to gear themselves towards and, and play to. So each position is unique in its own, right? But this offensive line, a throughout the season never really got better. Uh, they seemed to digress throughout the season. Um, there was never really a lot of time for Hunter Deckers to throw. uh the the pockets seemed to break down quite often. Uh, there were never many running lanes for the running game to get through easily. Uh so it was just a really underwhelming performance by that whole unit throughout the season and the thing that surprised me the most was the lack of of um improvement from that position group throughout the season as well.
1: You know what shocked me? I was looking at our stats on the season. Uh the defense did not have a single touchdown. I guess I just kind of assumed that they did at some point. Not not one. I will say, in credit to Will McDonald, I 100% agree with Kyle. Underwhelming season. If you're preseason, all AP, you know, first team, double teams aren't an excuse. Get through the double teams. But he did lead our team in sacks. He was second in passes, defends. Like, he didn't have a bad season. He just had a bad season for how good he is and what the expectations were. Um, but yeah, I agree. Just no real uh, improvement from the offensive line was the biggest disappointment. Yeah. Also, Xavier Hutchinson had almost double the amount of yards of anyone else on our team. We, have to have, we did he not also, get our second guy. He also had 107 receptions. Yeah, too. and the next person had 61, and that was Jalen Nolan. God knows how many he dropped.
2: He had a, and he had a ba- he had a bad year all around. We yeah. need Jalen Noel to have a rebound season next year if the team is going to compete. Because he's right, unless we bring in a transfer, he's wide receiver number one next year. Hutchinson's gone. Ooh. That makes me so nervous. No, right now, Jalen Noel is wide receiver number one. So
3: is Stanley. I think uh, that Colorado transfer. I didn't and Shaw tra-
2: Stanley. Yeah, I think Shaw's yeah. gone too. So that's scary to think about. Yeah,
1: man, better he better be out with the jugs machine all off season, just practicing how to catch balls. Uh-huh. I will say, um, as far as defense goes, we talked about a little bit of disappointment. Colby Reader had a really great season. Um, There's another linebacker that I can't find the name of as well.
3: I thought Anthony Johnson had a stellar season, uh, especially for the fact that he switched positions going into this season as well. Yeah.
1: Shout out to TJ Tampa as well. Had a very good season. He's always really good. I don't feel like he gets as much name recognition as some of our other guys. Uh, But I think, yeah, there it is. Bo Freeler and uh, Colby Reader were really good this year as well. So I appreciated that.
2: Imagine how good this defense would have been had uh, Xim Young stayed around too at safety. Mm Hmm. Anyway.
1: Or if we just had an average offense that didn't force them onto the field after... You know, five plays most of the time.
2: Yeah, that too. Any other big picture things on this season before we move on to seeing how right and or wrong we were on the year?
1: At some point, Coach Campbell needs to take a little bit of heat. I don't think anything's serious, but we have to question, what are you doing to get better? You know, he's he's gotten the program from bottom of the tank to... Uh, what I would call Jeff Fisher levels of 500 seasons are what we expect, but we need him to take that next step. And we want to be in the upper half of the Big 12. That's what we want now. So he needs to make sure he can deliver that with regularity.
2: Agreed, but what, how much could head coaching matter in a situation like this? Right? That's what I'm wondering. Like, is it, is it Matt Campbell's fault that the kicker missed three field goals at Kansas? Right. Otherwise, that otherwise that's is it Matt Campbell's fault that this team got three points on five red zone possessions at Texas Tech?
1: That yes, potentially. I mean, he, he is in charge of decision making. It was your choice not to have anybody in charge of our special teams. It was your choice to have, you know, the offense that we have and the play calling that we have. And if you see it's not working halfway through a season, it's up to you to make that change. I understand maybe you're not the offensive play caller day of, but you need to be there in practice deciding what didn't work and what to change. You can't just give it all to somebody else.
3: Inside handoffs? Like, if we see a pattern of those not working, why is he not saying, hey, we should uh, do something different? Anything else.
1: We're, we're just a bunch of dum-dums who sit here once a week and talk on a microphone. Like, he gets paid millions of dollars to do this.
2: You you got to pay attention and do some different things. Don't keep doing the things that don't work. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just hesitant to give him too much blame.
1: I don't think you have to give him too much, but some, like, I feel like we just, uh, you know, Matt Campbell, he's great. Could never do anything wrong. He's perfect. I'm like, we have to at least ask the questions. Like, what are you doing to make it better? And what, what can we do to get better? I, you know, I, I don't think he needs to, there's no hot seat or anything, but I just think we need to be asking these questions and hearing the answers from him.
2: Yeah, I can certainly see that. But but like I said, if he's not on the hot seat, I mean, right? We talked about it last week. You're not going to fire Matt Campbell, so, right? You see what I'm getting at. Yeah. Anyway, yes, I agree. We would definitely like to, to see them be better, but in the end, what can you do? That that's sort of where I'm at. In the end, what can you do?
1: We'll see what happens next year. This is uh, this has been an aberration more than it has been the norm, so I won't overreact.
2: Yeah, that's sort of my thought too. Let's see what happens next year. Right? Iowa State played so many one score games. So And let's
1: be honest, Matt Campbell can literally stay at Iowa State for as long as he chooses to do so.
2: Yes. We're not like you said, you can't fire him without knowing whoever you're gonna replace him with is better. Either that or you're looking for the next Matt Campbell and Wi-Fi or Matt Campbell to look for the next Matt Campbell. Yep. So so looking back on our predictions for next year, are we, are we ready for that? I am ready. Uh, so at the beginning of the year, just as a refresher, Wyatt picked this team to win nine games. I picked us to win eight games. And Kyle and Ariane both picked seven wins for the Cyclones team. We were all correct in week one, predicting that we'd beat Southeast Missouri. I, uh, I, uh, yeah, oh For the Iowa game, Wyatt was the only one that was correct. The rest, the rest of us predicted losses for that game. Um, Wyatt predicted a win at Iowa. We good job, all correctly, Wyatt. Pre- yeah, good job. You actually you, had faith you. that we could win at Kinnick. This is one of the worst Iowa teams I've ever seen, and they still were better. Iowa State, this might be a hot take, Iowa State was better than Iowa this year. We were a better team. And yet, we're 4-8, and eight and they're what? Did they finish 7-5? and five? What was Iowa's record? Anybody know? I
1: don't know. I don't pay that much attention to Big Ten.
2: Iowa finished the season, yeah, 7-5. and five. But I think we were better than Iowa. It's a hot take. We were better than Iowa this year.
3: Because the Big Ten West is absolute dog
2: water? I mean, that's <laughs> part of it. I think, yeah, I think the worst team in... I think Iowa state probably finishes third in the big 10 West. I like so, it. but um, anyway, yeah, that, that's my take. I'm sticking to it. We were all correct against the, with the win against Ohio. Wyatt and Arion were, were wrong, predicting a win against Baylor or Kyle. And I were correct with the loss. Um. I don't know if I should give you credit for this or not, Wyatt, but you were the only one who predicted a loss to Kansas.
0: I'm going to take credit for that. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I told you. So we did lose for a different reason than what I predicted, but I still had a solid loss there that week. I do recall this was changed at the last moment, though. It was. It was. My gut said no, it's not going to happen. My gut was right on Mm -hmm. on this one in particular. (laughs) It was.
1: Yes, it was. And we were almost the last win they had the entire season. <laughs> the prophecy almost repeated itself.
2: Yeah, they were five and zero after they beat us, and they finished six and six, almost exactly like we predicted. Wyatt and I were incorrect, saying we beat Kansas State, while Kyle and Arian were correct with the loss for the Texas game. Kyle and I were incorrect predicting wins, while Wyatt and Arian were correct. For the OU game, Wyatt was wrong predicting the win. The rest of us were correct with the loss. The West Virginia game, we were all correct predicting a win. The OSU game, we were all correct predicting a loss. The Texas Tech game, we were all incorrect predicting a win. And the TCU game, we were all incorrect predicting a win. Amazing how much it changed we all figured the Cyclones team, who ended up finishing last in the Big 12, would win at Texas. Or would win at TCU, who went undefeated and is now likely to uh, go to the college football playoff.
1: If they don't go to the college football playoffs, it's a travesty. Assuming they win the Big 12 championship game. Oh yeah, yes. like, yeah, yeah, oh
2: yeah. If they win, they win the playoff, I mean, there's no. Way <laughs> Imagine how
1: absurd it, it would be if we made this last week and we're all like, "Yeah, win at TCU for sure." Yeah, big change from the beginning of the season, that's for sure.
2: Mm -hmm. It was.
1: So what, we both, we all predicted, we had a consensus three correct wins, SEMO, Ohio, and West Virginia, and then we all got Texas Tech and TCU wrong, which we probably should have won that Tech game, but that's fine.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that in the end, that leaves... um, Kyle, Wyatt, and Arianne all tied with seven games they got correct, whereas I only got six games correct. Um, So to break this tie, first um, we'll see who was closest to the actual record, um, which Kyle and Arianne were predicting seven wins versus Wyatt's nine. Um, So we'll throw Wyatt out of this (laughs) tiebreaker. Now it's a two-way tiebreaker between Kyle and Arian. We can't use conference record because they both predicted five and four in conference as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to sort of do like they do in the Big 12 standings for tiebreaker and see who got the prediction of the ones that were different, who got the prediction correct that was different against the highest um, team in the Big 12 standings. So first... Arian. Yeah, so let's see. So... You both got T- uh, TCU wrong. You both got Kansas State wrong. Texas, it'll go to Arian. Arian. Yep. yep. Arianne got the Texas prediction right, and Kyle got it wrong. So, Arianne, congratulations. You are the winner of nothing by get, winning go. our uh, prediction segment.
0: Give me all that nothing. Love it. Oh, we can give you something. We can read your, we can read your name off first in the intro. Oh, perfect.
1: How absurd though. How absurd that? that the lowest we had was seven and five. We were all so confident going into the season. Yeah. I remember in this, you know, intro episode, we were like, this really speaks to the team that even like the, the floor for this team is like six and six boy, were we incorrect
2: that and then uh helped us pull away a little bit late in the game it was the caleb grill show against north carolina
1: he wasn't just making shots he was making heat checks absurd logo shots moving yeah. off screens one footers fadeaways i have never never seen anything like that from a player who probably should be coming off the bench honestly it was incredible he was all over sports center he was top billing that night like Shout out to Caleb Grill. He came through in the clutch and it was incredible to watch.
2: Yeah, that, that shot he made with like uh, two and a half minutes yeah, left and in and the a game half. from he was like he was like eight I'll feet behind away from, the three point line. He was like right by the P and the PK logo, and he just pulled up like he didn't care. In in my mind, I was uh, I was like, oh Caleb, why did you do that? And then it went in. <laughs> I I was I was watching, I was like, Caleb Grill!
1: It's one of those. No, no, no. Yeah,
2: exactly. I was like, you can't take that shot in that situation. Oh, it went in. Good job. Yeah. It, it, it was fun to watch. Now North Carolina maybe isn't as good as the number one ranking that they had going into the week. We'll see as the year plays out, but nonetheless, that was a huge, huge win for this team.
1: Yeah, and a game that I don't know any of us watched, but probably was an entertaining game. North Carolina went on to win and lose another game in quadruple overtime to Arkansas. So a very uh, high scoring affair, too. They had a rough weekend and they got eliminated, I believe, in double overtime for football for North Carolina as well. So tough, tough weekend.
2: Yeah, but I mean it wasn't really that it wasn't really that high scoring of a game. They played a game and a half. Yeah, they had a and only got got to a hundred. That's yep. not a high scoring game. That's that's what? Defensive struggle.
1: So
2: 30, 30, it's 33 points per half, essentially. Yeah. No, yeah. Like 33, 34 yeah. points per half. So anyway, sorry. Um, any other thoughts on the early games in the tournament?
3: Not really. Um, I thought that. Uh, the men's team showed some really good um, prowess coming back into that UNC game. Kind of the way the first half went, it felt like UNC was going to take control of the second half. Um, and Iowa State really never let them them do that, uh, and they just kind of fought their way back in. Played really well. Uh, some early foul trouble uh, for the bigs in that game, but they kept Armando Baycott uh, at bay uh, for as good of a player as he is. So... Um, just a really good two-game stretch for those Cyclones. But the ending, as you said, or alluded to, was not exactly what we wanted. So, like, what what happened in both of these games?
2: To me, the women's game was more disappointing than the men's game. The women were playing North Carolina, who's a top-ten team in, in women's basketball as well, in the championship game of the Phil Knight Invitational. And they jumped out to a a 15 point lead at one point in their game and still um, managed to lose it. North Carolina had a big uh, late fourth quarter or late third quarter, early fourth quarter to get a lead um, that they were able to keep and win that game. This is a game that Cyclone women had won, but this is something that we've seen over and over again from this women's team in recent years. in big games, is that they have not been able to finish the big games, right? You saw it, um, you saw it last year against LSU where they had a lead, but they uh, they weren't able to finish it. You've seen it in NCAA tournament games, getting knocked out um, earlier than they should have um, in multiple NCAA tournament games. Uh, in, in multiple straight NCAA tournaments. This this team has been unable to finish games against good teams. And in the end, it, it's usually what costs them. So that's just frustrating. It's something they got to figure out. Um, th- this team is still probably the best team in the Big 12. Um, I think maybe Texas, um, but I think this team is still the best team in the Big 12. Should be favored to win our, the first... Um, outright conference regular season title in a long time, but that was somewhat disappointing. On the men's side, um, they just couldn't hang around with UConn. Um, they, didn't pl- the, they didn't play great, but really UConn played fantastic. Um, that was a really, really good game from UConn. The only thing, um, the, the two things that I observed in the UConn game, different from the... Um, UNC game. I thought they started out fairly similarly. The difference was um, in the game or in the North Carolina game, Iowa State got in quick foul trouble and then just like didn't foul. Iowa State picked up the sixth foul five minutes into the first half of the North Carolina game and ended the half with um, eight fouls. Against UConn, they did something similar, but then ended the half with fifteen fouls. Right. That's a, 15, uh, a 15-ish, a 10-ish free throw difference um, in the first half. And that was the difference at halftime was 10 points. And then the other thing was offensive rebounding. Um, we, uh, we didn't uh, clean up rebounds well in either game, but especially against UConn, it was, it was quite bad, the offensive rebounding. And just getting a turnover but then ending up out of bounds or turning it right back over. We, we just weren't able to, to to execute quite as well against um, UConn, and and that was the difference.
1: Yeah, my biggest thing, um, first of all, if you like defense, Iowa State basketball, their defense is beautiful most of the time. The way they rotate, the way they are connected, it is truly impressive to watch. I, it, I think it's better than last year's defense, just watching them and how connected they are, how they move over the court. But there's literally zero point in wasting your energy playing that defense for 30 seconds if you're just going to not box out and let everybody get an offensive rebound and then get another shot. At this point, we might as well just let people huck up three pointers uncontested and hope we get a rebound because you'll save yourself some energy. The most important part of defense is getting the rebound, that's how you set your offense. So that's my biggest complaint so far. We allowed 21 offensive rebounds against UConn. That's unacceptable. They had 20 free throws in the first half as well. I I understand that this defensive style, it's very aggressive and it needs to be. So we're going to foul, but you got to dial it back a little bit. And maybe that's not possible, but you can either foul a million times or you can allow somebody to get 20 offensive rebounds a game, but you can't do both and expect to win. I will say, Mike, you said something about fouling and then just stopping fouling. They had 20 free throws at the half. They ended with 25. We just seemingly just didn't foul as much in the second half. So if we can channel whatever defense we're doing for the second part of games where we still play great defense and don't foul every three seconds, maybe try that to start so we don't end up with three starters with three fouls within seven minutes. But there's no way you're winning a game when you allow you got out rebounded forty-eight to nineteen. It's unacceptable. This team has more size than any team we've seen, possibly in the past decade. There's no excuse for getting out rebounded the way we're getting out rebounded. That that's the biggest problem with this. I see the defense is fantastic, but it, it matters. It doesn't matter at all.
3: I agree with that. As I'd like to echo, if you want to play defense that well. Uh, it's just absolutely gut-wrenching to not get the offensive rebound at the end. That is how you finish out the defensive possession, right? And they're just not finishing out right now. The other thing to note there is this team still lacks that go-to player to get a bucket. Last year, it was Isaiah Brockington. Uh, the year before, it could have been players... Like, or In the past, it was Taylor Horton-Tucker, Monte Morris. Uh, you just go down the list... Um, of those players we don't have that this season we're kind of treading water until hopefully we get that next season right but if this team continues to foul at the clip they are fouling at right now this team is not deep enough to withstand that I mean at one point we had an offensive lineup of Tameen Lipsy, uh, Hassan Ward, Osun Oshuni, uh, Jazz Koontz, and uh, Damarian Watson yeah, right? Damarian
1: Watson, I don't know
3: where like, uh, oh, That it's... was our lineup, right, and there is no offense on that lineup and Tameem Lipsy basically just had to say, okay, I'm going to drive the ball every single possession and I'm going to get to the hoop, he and got that's going to work he did, he got to the hoop, which is great but that's not sustainable right, you can guard against that, you can defend against that Um, sure, he's a great passer he made some very careless mistakes in this game uh, as well, showing his youth, but some bright things to come. But this team, if they need their offensive players, which are those starters out on the court, and if they're in foul trouble, that really hurts them. Uh, Having Jaron Holmes, Gabe Kalsher, and Caleb Grill all in foul trouble in this game did not help. Uh, So that is one thing that this team needs to work towards is go get your rebounds and, uh, like, just stay out of foul trouble. Do whatever it takes to do that. Also, stop with the out-of-bounds plays after made baskets or made free throws where you throw it immediately out of bounds, right? Like, it is token pressure from UConn. You should be able to break that easily. Uh, It was something that I ranted about to extensive lengths last season. TJ Otzelberger just doesn't seem to have a way of, like, they're great on the defensive side, but breaking pressure, they see pressure, they're like, oh, oh, no, what do I do? Uh, And, like, at that point, you have to have someone who's confident enough with the ball to handle that pressure, clear him out, let him go to work, but you have to be able to inbound the ball and not throw it away five times. There were at least three to four turnovers like that throughout the game, especially in the first half, and those are just momentum killers, too. Uh... And speaking of momentum killers like on the defensive side, credit to Yukon. Whenever Iowa State started a run, Yukon was always able to go get a bucket or have an organized offensive play on the other side to stymie that run by Iowa State. The defense never was able to get the stop, ending in an offense in a possibly an offensive rebound for Yukon, but able to get the stop when they were in the midst of a run and Yukon always had the way to to pull the rug out. Uh, from Iowa State in this game and keep everything at arm's length.
1: Would you prefer we just throw the ball out of bounds on the inbounds play, or just for no reason at all throw a lob for nobody and uh, lose the ball? Because we. Did I would prefer time.
3: we. I would prefer we throw the lob. I would prefer we throw the lob than throwing the ball immediately out of yeah, bounds because we at agree. least we at least had an opportunity at making a basket. Right? Don't get me wrong. Caleb when you are Jazz Coons. When you are Jazz Coons and you freaking throw the ball to the sideline with no one there on an inbounds plane, you're under the opposing basket after a mid free throw. That is completely unacceptable.
2: I am not going to put that on Jazz Coons. I'm going to put that on Robert Jones, who could have gotten the ball and let it go past him, thinking the guy behind him. Why are him you was inbounding to
1: Robert Jones? Bob Jones, man. I just want to say. All, all, all credit to Robert Jones. He tries hard. He has great energy, but Robert Jones just is not He is not a winning player. I'm sorry. He gets out there every single They should never pass it to him in the low post because he just decides to bust out his Hakeem the Dream impersonation, six back down dribbles, shimmy around and just brick a shot, and then just fight. He's bad. He's not good enough for that. He should not take shots.
2: He has the flattest hook shot I think I've ever seen.
1: Every time he gets the ball, I'm like, all right, zero points. Let's go back on defense. And then in the same vein, uh, we thought we'd get a bounce back here. I think Gabe might be worse than he was last year. It's been brutal. It's been brutal. He bounced the ball off the bottom of the rim from the paint. It was a layup and he bricked it. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those payoffs. It's like he has the senior leadership, he has the defense. He's really, really good at those things. But man, how does somebody who's only shot over thirty percent one year of his college career earn this? You know, reputation as a three point shooter. I don't really understand it. Uh, and God, I would love it if he shot as well as we pretended he did. The team shot three of thirteen, and he's oh.
3: definitely not a mid range shooter either.
1: I wish he would shoot more mid-range than three-point. I mean, he does better from there than three. He, I mean, he shot 0% last game, so anything's better. But the whole team shot three of 13. And two of those were Kuntz and Oceani all of a sudden just court, just popped one off and drained it. So uh, I don't know. Does he have that in his bag? <laughs> Nobody else does. We only had one three made by a guard, and it was one by Jaron Holmes. brutal. Caleb Grill made zero field goal attempts after that game. He used them all up. We won't see him score points for another three games, probably.
2: Yeah. Even with all this doom and gloom, it was a successful weekend um, for the Cyclones. Um, They're up to number 47 in the Ken Palm. The strength of schedule went from dead last in the nation up to to middle of the pack at 182nd. Um, so it was a successful weekend, and we'll learn more about this team um, as we go forward um, this next week. Um, the first game of the week won't, uh, won't tell us much. It's, um, it is a, against a very not great North Dakota team. But then we do get undefeated St. John's um, in the Big East Big 12 battle on Sunday um, at 2 o'clock. So that will be worth keeping an eye on. Um, that is a home game, but still, it'll be worth keeping an eye on to see if um, we can get another win against a, um, against a major conference program. So something to keep an eye on as we go forward.
1: Yeah, not, not to waylay us too much, but I do want to say we did complain a lot about the offense for the men's team, but like, this team was that good when our offense was that bad. We just want to be okay to maybe kind of good on offense, and this is easily a top 15 team easy. That's what we're hoping for.
2: Yeah. I think this team is better offensively than last year's team, to be honest.
1: Mm, I don't think so. I don't either. I think they're worse. We don't have Brockington or uh, Hunter, and I don't see anybody that can make that happen.
2: I don't know. I think we're better.
1: We'll see. Oshun has been really good, and I think Oshun is that go-to guy if we have one.
2: We, we So just to put this in perspective, I know it's still early. We ended last year ranked 171st in offense in Ken Palm with 103 points per 100 um, possession. We are currently ranked 92nd in offense with 105.6 points per 100 possession. So according to the advanced metrics, it is still early, but we have been better offensively than last year. Hmm. I'll, I'll wait till we start playing big 12 teams. Same. So we'll see.
3: So, yeah, I mean, that's the Cyclones. They Hopefully, they continue to do well. Hopefully, the women uh, can bounce back as well. Uh, as we move on to the NFL... Uh, Justin Tucker always bounces back, but unfortunately this week his streak came to an end. He missed a 67-yard go-ahead field goal at the end of regulation Uh, that ended a 65-consecutive field goal streak in the fourth quarter or overtime in football games. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is making strides and showing growth in that Jacksonville Jaguars offense as Doug Peterson looks like he could be um, the coach to give that Jaguars team some stability. Uh, Shout out to Urban Meyer for tragically ruining uh, that last season. Uh, Zach Wilson was benched for the New York Jets. Uh, Speculation was that Joe Flacco might be the starter. No, it was Mike White, and he showed out in the rain uh, for the New York Jets. They end up getting the win in this game in a game where Justin Fields was not available uh, for the Chicago Bears either. Uh, But the new york jets ended up rolling in that game um mike white pri- provided uh a the spark that they needed he was 22 of 28 315 and three touchdowns 149.3 passer rating definitely better than zach wilson and at the end of the game he didn't have to say no uh that he was the reason to blame um so zach hope you're able to hope you were smart with your uh draft nfl draft money in your rookie contract because you might be a backup quarterback here for the rest of your career uh the washington commanders are winners of four of their last five currently every single nfc east team is in the playoffs if the season were to end today the nfc least going to the nfc best uh so far this season um as all of those teams are playing uh good football the Cincinnati Bengals best the Titans with reinforcements on the horizon. Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon are likely to return ahead of the AFC championship game rematch uh, in Cincinnati against the Kansas City Chiefs next week. Must watch television there in that game. Josh Jacobs, unlike uh, must watch television, CBS didn't even air this. Josh Jacobs with a walk-off 80-plus yard touchdown. Uh, CBS was two, uh obliged to show 60 minutes so shout out to all the old folks out there in the nation who didn't see Josh <laughs> Jacobs uh score that touchdown.
2: You can't blame 60 minutes for it. If you want to blame it, blame NFL's scheduling stuff. But I didn't
3: I didn't blame 60 minutes. I was blaming CBS. Don't
2: blame CBS, blame the NFL. This is this was the NFL. This was the contract that's the way it was. It was a single game day for CBS. They only got to show one game in each market.
1: If in doubt boo Roger Goodell. Correct. Yes,
2: exactly. Wh- right? Who did CBS show in the noon window? Probably your Chiefs, right?
3: No. That was the that was the Fox game? Who
2: did who did CBS basically they had to choose whether to show that later Seahawks game or whoever they sh- showed in the noon window. Right? Uh,
3: the noon window was the Bengals and the Titans. A yeah, really good he- game.
2: Right, so so you would have rather seen that later's that later's uh, Seahawks game, right? No, exactly. Don't blame CBS. So know.
3: the Chargers do what Staley does best uh, this week. The uh, Justin Herbert throws to Austin Eckler for a two-yard touchdown at the end of the game. Uh, Chargers down one, with the ability to kick the field goal to tie it to go to overtime. Brandon Staley's like, nope. Pull, it, get out the wheelbarrow. We're going for it right now uh they go for it for the two point conversion win the game the Arizona Cardinals are reeling kyler murray did come back uh and he looked really good in his return from his hamstring injury uh but the cardinals lose again aaron rodgers is hurt. It got hurt in the sunday night football game against the philadelphia eagles the eagles win again The question here is: Do the Eagles have any flaws? Right? They did lose to the Washington Commanders. No team—it's really hard to go perfect in an NFC season, NFL season. Uh, But do the Eagles have any flaws? They have kind of suppressed all the—the oh, this is just a um, blip—as they continue to win. Um, They just look like a really good football team with a lot of grit. So. Interesting to see how that plays out and what I believe is a very weak NFC this year. Uh, Could be Super Bowl favorites for the Eagles. Um, The Chiefs roll over the, uh, I'm going to say, lifeless Rams here. The Rams just had everyone's out. Starting quarterback, backup quarterback, they're down to their third string undrafted guy out of Virginia. Or Virginia Tech, I believe. Uh, No Cooper Cup offensive line has had 11 different configurations so far this season most in the nfl um but the chiefs do what they need to do travis kelsey gets his 12th touch receiving touchdown on the season and the chiefs continue to roll on at nine and two so that's that's that as we continue to roll on into mike's stupid rules mike what do you have for us today
2: We got two different things um, about substitutions that we're going to talk about this week. One that happened in the Iowa State game and one that happened in that uh, previously mentioned Seattle-Oakland game. The first one in the Iowa State game occurred as part of that really, really, absolutely ridiculous sequence at the end of the first half. Um, What I want to talk about specifically is I don't remember which play it was because there were too many there. There was one play, though, where TCU only had 10 men on the field. They ran an 11th man on late. This is with about seven, about 10 seconds left on the play clock, give or take. Um, The official originally comes up properly to hold the snap to give Iowa State a chance to substitute. But um, he gets waved off by the referee um, and allows, um, and this is while Iowa State is trying to make a substitution, um, and he backs off and allows TCU to um, snap the ball. This forces Iowa State to call a timeout, um, which they do get. But, right, the, the, we saw this um, in the Iowa State Oklahoma State game last year, if you remember, right? Even if you make this late substitution, even if the player coming on from the defense is the 12th man, as long as he does not get in formation, um, this, the, he's got a hold. This should be held. To To allow the defense to substitute, Iowa State was attempting to make a substitution in reasonable time. The officials should have absolutely held that play for Iowa State to substitute. Um, That should have been a should have resulted in either a timeout for TCU, which I believe they were out of by that play, um, or a five-yard penalty. Um, The officials absolutely screwed that one up. There's nothing else to say about that one. I think you agree, Wyatt.
0: I agree. I also don't like that rule that you have to hold the ball. But since it is the rule, yeah, it should be done right. And and it's odd that he waved the center judge off immediately because there was like three seconds left on the play clock at that point in time. Right. We we were essentially trying to force a delay game penalty, which we but by rule, we're allowed to do. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. And for for the clarification, because someone brought this up, too. Filling a vacant spot is the same as replacing a player when it comes to a substitution. There is no difference in the rules there. So even though they were filling that 11th man spot, that's still a substitution, which still means that we're allowed to also substitute.
2: Yes, that is correct. So just wanted to touch on that one. Um, The other one in the NFL, this one happened on, I believe, the first offensive play of the Raiders Seahawks game. Derek Carr threw an interception. And, um, one of the Seattle players on the bench, um, so the Seahawk player dived to make the interception and then wasn't touched. So we got up to keep running. One of the players on the Seattle bench obviously thought, um, that he was down and he, so he runs on the field to celebrate, which, which would be allowed, um, except the guy wasn't down and the play was still ongoing. Um, and now this guy is just like, oh shoot, I just ran on the field. So he like half-heartedly like kind of block somebody. because um, he, you know, he he can't just run back off the field. That is really gonna look obvious. Um, so we just sort of block somebody. And so it, this ends up not getting called, if I understand correctly. There was no penalty here. Um, this is gonna be covered by um where is it? I, I had it. Where was it? Here we go. Um this is going to be covered not by an actual rule but an approved ruling. Um approved ruling 5.14 in the NFL rule book. Um where you um where a player comes on the field late um and then affects the play, right? So this is a this would fall under a palpably unfair act. So essentially, this comes down to officials' discretion, the official would get to decide what um, punishment to give for the act where um, that the act um, to negate essentially the illegal action. Now in this case, maybe you move the ball back two or three yards. You're certainly not um, overturning the interception. He wasn't on the field. Um, yeah, he was not on the field um, during the interception so that wouldn't get overturned but you could call palpably unfair act or you could just call illegal substitution if you rule that his actions did not affect the play for example if he runs on the field and immediately runs back off the field right? that's just going to get called for illegal substitution in that case because he did not affect the play Um, He got away with it this time. It was pretty sneaky. I didn't even notice it the first time I watched the play. But there you go. That's what can happen. That is technically by rule that could could be a palpably unfair act.
0: I find that strange that there is not a rule that covers this because there is a rule in high school. There's a difference between illegal substitution, which is a five-yard penalty, and illegal participation, which is a 15-yard penalty. And this would be a case of illegal participation where you have that. Twelfth uh, man on the field who is interfering with the play. Um, interesting. Didn't know. Didn't know that.
2: Yeah. the only The only thing is covered by is, is is the approved rule, and of course, palpably unfair act is defined in the rules. I won't. Yeah, of um, course. That that's that's rule twelve three three. But yeah, this specific case is only called out in the approved ruling. There is no penalty that I can see um, for. Um, illegal participation as there is in high school. So there you go. Any questions on those rules? No. No, we're good? All right, we are good. Moving right along to our accountability session um, for this week. We had quite a long accountability session with the end of the Cyclone football season. So I'm going to run through this a little quickly, and we'll go from there. First to come off the board was a prediction from me uh, from me saying that the Cyclones would have equal to or more wins than Texas. Uh yeah, that we'll, we'll just say that didn't happen and leave it at that. So I get it. Nah, nah. Wyatt predicted that the Cyclones would give up a touchdown on a kickoff this year, which did not happen. So nah, nah. nah. Um, Kyle predicted that, um, that we would lose to Auburn in the Liberty Bowl. It's hard to lose in the Liberty Bowl without going to the Liberty Bowl. So Kyle gets it. Nah. Nah, nah. Nah. Wyatt predicted that Hunter Deckers has a better um, completion percentage than Brock Purdy in 2021. In 2021, Brock Purdy's completion percentage was 71.7%. Hunter Deckers ended the year with a completion percentage of 66.1%. So for that, Wyatt gets a nah. 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 turns around this negative accountability session by correctly predicting that KU wins more games than ISU. Ding, 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 ding. Ding,
3: ding, ding, ding. ding, ding.
2: And I also predicted no bowl game for Iowa State. So ding, ding, ding. ding. Ding ding ding. Ding, ding, ding. Arian had that really long prediction that partially involved the Cyclones beating TCU, which they didn't. So for that, Arian gets a. Nah. 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 Wyatt predicted that the Cyclones would go to a bowl game south of Memphis, which also is hard to do without going to a bowl game. So, nah. 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 I predicted that the Cyclones would get a flopping technical foul before the start of conference play, which Jazz Kuntz did pick up in the game against Villanova. So ding ding
3: ding ding ding. ding.
2: Wyatt predicted that an Iowa State passer will finish the season with a long pass of greater than sixty yards. This did not happen. So like it's a net. Nah. Nah. And. Kyle predicted the Cyclone women would win their tournament this weekend, which as we talked about, they did not because they lost to North Carolina. So Kyle gets a, nah. nah. A that That is it for our accountability session. A very negative accountability session. We'll see if we can do better um, in the future, but very negative. I am going to start by um, shining some optimism on next year's season. I am going to say that the Cyclones recover and make a ball game next year.
0: They certainly should. Mm. Mm. Why? Are, are all the other teams joining
3: next season? Is that right?
2: Yes. We go up to we go up to 14 teams tempo yep. for one season in the Big Twelve next year. One oh, that's year team, the then back to twelve.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know
2: if the schedule is out. How
1: would it How would it be? We don't even know for sure that Texas and OU are going to be there, right? They could potentially still not be there next season. Technically, yeah. but Technically, we could buy them out.
2: You mean they could buy no, themselves they out? No, they would yeah, buy themselves out. Sorry, we could allow them.
1: them to buy themselves out. <laughs> now, they're allowed this, to do this, that this... now, but. Oh, I thought we had to vote for something or something. Uh-uh. No, they oh, could okay. always just could pass. Right
2: us with you. Oh, okay. I'm gonna say I, triple. The, the the schedule is going to come out in early December, is what I am seeing. So
0: I mean they've gotta I mean even I get before going double. into this minus no. two. We have we're a good recruiting class coming in. Yeah, we have a good recruiting class.
1: defensive players And
0: we're losing the best wide receiver that's ever played for Iowa State. This was Not supposed this was supposed to be that rebuilding year. We said that from the very beginning. And, yeah, well, it's a lot but, of room to
1: rebuild. A lot of room between well, this and the ball
0: game. We didn't make a whole lot of strides this year in that yeah. rebuilding process, but I think next year there is quite a bit of hope. Sure, we're losing a lot of that defensive potential, but that's not just because we had good guys on the field, because we had good coaches on the field coaching those guys. Hmm. It certainly helped to have talent, but you know, three-star to five-star, that, that's what we're good at doing. It's and two more wins, too. Yeah. Well, you guys double. both said a double, so I guess it's a double, no matter what I think. Double it okay. is. Okay. Do I think from Josh this week, he's still alive?
2: I, I do not know whether Josh is still alive, but this one is totally on me because I definitely forgot to ask him if he was alive and had a prediction until four minutes ago. So we're not going to give him a strikeout for this one. Yet, because this one's on me so far. Fingers He's crossed, up. though, for Josh being alive. Yes, I presume he is
0: still alive. I certainly hope he is. Last Boy, week I predicted. Week. Yeah, certainly. Last week I predicted that the men's basketball team will go to the Sweet 16. Um, as for per my personal tradition, I'm also going to predict this week that they will go to the Elite Eight. Home run.
2: Yeah, we gave you a home run for the Sweet home 16. Home run. run for this.
0: What do you got, Kyle? Travis
3: Kelsey will have 18 receiving touchdowns this season not What's including right
1: now? not yeah, including yeah, the postseason
3: right he just had 12, got to 12
0: and we have how many games left in the season 6 6
2: so that, that should said, happen that's a touchdown you, said again? Not, you said not including postseason correct Double. not
3: including the postseason ok Oh. No.
2: I'd probably agree with double. Yeah.
0: Single to double.
2: So oh I'd say God, that's double not a
0: single. I'd say double.
2: Travis Kelsey's
1: really good. <laughs> I don't know if you
0: guys know that. Oh, he really. is really good at the football, but he
1: touches I mean, touchdowns like it's literally his job, which it is. I he went a whole say. he went a
3: whole like three weeks being with that one.
1: But he caught what was that game? He had thirty-six yards and four touchdowns or something absurd. Yep. Man, Jeez. that guy is he is The combination of him and Patrick Mahomes is just... If if you don't have to play them, I don't understand how you could not want to watch that. That's fine. We'll we'll go double. What do you got, Aran? Uh, My prediction is that Caleb Grill, after his magnum opus career-defining game, will not score over 20 points for the rest of the season. Not including postseason. That's regular season only.
2: Single. Uh, Single or double?
1: Wow. I like how Wyatt came in with like, ah, no way. And then you guys were like, yeah, for sure. I I
0: didn't say it was wrong. I said it was pessimistic.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What's Uh, his career
0: average? I don't don't want to give it a single.
3: How many games has he
0: scored over 20 points? Probably none except for that one game.
3: (laughs) He did. Uh, they said geez. his previous career high was at UNLV when he scored 27. He never he probably never scored 20 in his freshman year at Iowa State, hence the reason why he I transferred. He, he scored 27 at UNLV, which was his career high. His he might have had one or two.
1: He is hit twenty w- one time at Iowa State. Oh, God. He got exactly 20 once, and then it looks like 18. He averaged 6.4 points last year and uh, 10.2 exactly. points this
0: year.
2: Yeah. This is a single.
0: I didn't realize how well this scoring is single, yeah.
2: his scoring average was.
0: I'll change my category from pessimistic to realistic, but I still want to see a double even on the yeah, His
1: career scoring yeah. average is 14 points, oh, and
2: that's God. rounding up. I'm rounding up. up. Yeah, this is a single.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. With a single, two doubles, and a home run, that concludes our Write That Down Prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the 8311cast, episode 201. From now until next week's episode, be sure to check in with our social media pages at 8311cast on Instagram and Twitter. Signing off for the 8311cast, we have your hosts Kyle Mersch,
2: Mike Ludwig.
0: Harion Barry and Wyatt Teeter. Talk to y'all again next week. Go Cyclones.
2: Go Cyclones.
0: Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.